appendicitis, I have issue with cancer, I have issue with my brain, I have issue with my exams, I have astro issue, I have Nigeria issue, all our small, 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 small micro, uh, micro, micro issues that we, 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 we think is bigger than the world. We can think that God is powerful. If he can hang this earth, he can deal with my problem. And as, as Christians, there's only one conclusion we can come to if God chooses not to deal with our problems. That conclusion inevitably should be that he has allowed this thing for his glory. It couldn't be that God is trying to help you and then village people are preventing him. Do you understand that? So anytime I hear this from the pulpit, uh, how village people are stopping God from fulfilling your destiny, and then you, people are working hard to bind the strong man so that we can break through, is that we neglect the reality or we are ignorant or naive about God and his capacity. So when I go on my knees and I say, Father, just that word Father moves me to the zone of understanding that the guy, the God who I'm knocking on his door is all-powerful. He lacks no abilities. And then when we look at creation, we can come away with this idea that of, of, of the wisdom of God. See how wise God is. He made, he made human beings, male and female. And all the organs are placed in, in a way. I mean, we, we, when one of our, our late friends were to undergo a particular operation, they, they want to deal with the, the cancer around the, uh, around the uh, anus. But the doctor said, we need to move the vital organs upward. You see, so things are so arranged from top to bottom. The, the, is it called the alimentary canal? In a way that you can't do better. Do you understand? That if, if it is up to you not to arrange human being, hmm, brown, if it's up to you not to okay, arrange human being from top to, to, from top to bottom, the way one guy for the past several years have arranged Nigeria from top to bottom, you can see the arrangement of men from top to bottom. Now imagine you, you, if, you, if, if you open human beings up, you come away, there's nothing, not, no one could have done better. Wise, how he ordered events demonstrates his wisdom. God is absolutely wise. He doeth all things well, and there's no there's no scratching of a head with God. So I could have, and that's why those who struggle with Genesis six that God regretted, and the more you try to try to impress, even if I don't understand that Genesis six. Even if even there's no theology, I don't need to do theological gymnastic on Genesis 6. God regretted. Even when I was a child, I knew that it's not possible. This could have meant something else. It could not, it, it, there's no possibility in God that God would have done something. And later I say, oh, I retract. I'm making a retraction. I'm making a correction. Even when he said, it is not good for a man to be uh, alone. It wasn't an afterthought. It was like, oh, 
Yeah, when we were making elephants, we made two. And your Maruf, where were you? I mean, where, where were you? Why didn't you make these people two? So I didn't know. I thought because they have two legs. You know, but yeah, let's, let's, um, and then, uh, then the raw material finished. They have to now go to Adam and remove uh, some tissue because there was the original raw materials that were used to make other creatures were exhausted. And then the women become like an afterthought because they have to go and, you know. That was not our plan. All those things were designed by God. That's how he ordained things to function. And the woman came when she ought to have come. And then the, it, it, is, it is to demonstrate the goodness of God. The beauty, this world is beautiful. Unfortunately, we are Nigerians. We have too much problem that we don't have time to enjoy nature. That if I say, Sister Fire, okay, let's go out for hiking now. See, I don't chop. I don't chop. And I recall many years ago when we were with one of with two Nigerians in an institution uh, outside the country. And almost every weekend, this European they have a place to go. You pack your backpack, do your sandwich, and then they are going. So one day, my second husband said, where are you guys going today? They said, I go to the mountain so to see what? Say the mountain. Say no. What specifically? And then we'll follow them. And see this European. They say, Oh, look at that flower. They say, Oh, look at the sun. Look at it. And they have to and then this one say flower. He says, Abu, so these people carry us enter bush. Just we are walking like mad people. Say, we they were carrying inside bush since morning. They were carrying inside bush since morning. And then we waka, 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 waka. Then the principal said, okay, let's come here. We have our lunch. We finish our lunch, and then we start moving again. And the man said, you know, look at me. He said, next time, tell them I'm not following them again. Why does he, he said, we are from Africa. Sun rises every day. It's not, it's not special. <laughs> what is mountain? Mountain, mountain. So you climb mountains. <laughs> what have you gained? Because we think of, if you are going out, there should be gain, like, okay, as we go out now, are we having money? Is there anything? Is there anything? I mean, this is money we've been out. What are we coming back home with? The idea of going out and just look at nature and say, this is beautiful. Goodness. Sweetheart, can you, can you see? For instance, my friend now is celebrating his wedding anniversary. Can you imagine for the whole week? You didn't buy your wife an earring as a Nigerian. In the night, say, come on, come on, look at the stars. <laughs> or you are dating a girl in this country and say, come on, let's go and look at the stars. Do you see that comets or comets? Look, 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 look at these flowers. And then, then it's okay. When, you, when, it's, when it's done showing me all this thing, there's, there's a package is going to, and then there was no package. So uh, this guy, you're not serious like that. So that's how we, but we should recalibrate our consciousness that this world is beautiful. We are so blind. We should not allow our, our circumstances, our, our economy to deprive us enjoying in the fresh air in the evening. In the evening, just put cheer in front and just enjoy the darkness. The darkness is good that in the night you see in the darkness that there's breeze coming upon you. And then you're just enjoying Turn off the AC, enjoy nature, enjoy God. I say, God, how great 
dowers. Everything, uh, 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 and what sin has done to our forefathers was that when they look at nature, they'll be so fascinated by nature, then they begin to worship the nature. It's like, uh, oh, this anti-hymn. You know, sometimes, uh, I mean, some of you grew up in the city, but I grew up in a village. Sometimes you are in the forest by yourself. You could hear voices. Actually, these voices are in your, they're in your head because some forest can be, some desert can be so lonely. And then, or sometimes you're even walking on the street. Your, your trousers is rubbing against each other, and you think another person is following you uh, at the back. And then all of a sudden, people say, ah, I saw, I saw the auntie heal, and the auntie say, pick me, tell me go out and, uh, and worship me. So they, or they look at big mountains, they look at big Iroko tree, and they'll say, this is, this, this is God, this is God, this is God, and they'll be stubborn, they'll say, oh, 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 It is that we look at everything and say, God, you are so beautiful. Even in this room, this, this chandeliers, when you look at them, sometimes you look at them as if, as if, we, as if we can do it. Even this bulb, this what I call common bulb that none of us can even imagine should direct us back to God and say, God, how wise, how wise, how great. So creation is, is, is to the glory of God, is, is the demonstration of the being of God. And I, I must hurry to second Paraguay in chapter three. The second paragraph uh, of the confession says, <laughs> after God had made all other creatures, and this is referring to Genesis chapter one, uh, other creatures were made, okay? Uh, let me just test your knowledge of the Bible. What was the first thing that God made the first day? Because last week we learned about God created the world. Number two, he created the purpose for the creation is for his glory. Number three, uh, the durations of that creation, we learned that is uh, six days. What was the first thing God made the first day? Some say light, some say day and night. What was the first thing? Light. Second day? Um. You start looking at the Bible. Second day? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay, third day. Then the fourth day. Yeah. The fifth day. Yeah. Then the sixth day. Now, second day, now. You can fix it. Eh? The separation of. So. The, the confession in paragraph two said, after God has made all, that, all the things we've mentioned, he now, he created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to God, for which they were created, being made after the image of God in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, of transgressing 
being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. Let me read that again. Eh? That God created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, rendering them fit unto that life to, to God for which they were created, being made after the image of God in knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, having the law of God written in their hearts, and power to fulfill it, and yet under a possibility of transgressing, being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject to change. Paragraph 3. Besides the law written in their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which while they kept, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. Amen. Amen. Few things we need to see. I wanted to just go sometimes. Satan will start this and say, ah, just sit through this lesson. We know this. This is simple. It's not as simple as you think, okay? There's no part of the scripture that, that is a walk in the park. Now, I just ask you now what, what God created every day. Is, and I say, am. Um, uh, so there's no am um, in any part of the scripture. The first thing that God wants us to learn, and of course the confession, is that God created everything and on the sixth day, is it? He made man, Adam. And then he said he created man, male and female. That's the first capsule you have to swallow and share with your family. That God created human beings, male and female. I'm not too sure what was the debate around this in the, 16th, in the 17th century. I'm not too sure if this was a challenge. Maybe the Holy Spirit was foreseeing what will happen in the future and allows them to actually put this down in a very succinct uh, manner, in a very clear and succinct manner. There's what they call gender binary. Okay, if you are writing so that you can read more around gender binary. What is gender, gender binary? What is gender binary? Yeah, fire okay, me. That there are two, there are two gender. That is male and female. Or masculine or feminine. But there's another popular idea of non-binary. And if you read uh, some of this, discussion around this area that a lot of intellectuals who have uh, wasted a lot of ink around this uh, area saying that there are non-binaries. In fact, there are about 12 genders now, the last counts. Okay? So what they are saying is that yeah, heterosexuality is okay. I mean, non-binary is a category. But there's a different category called uh, uh, gender bi uh, binaries, gender binaries, but it's a non-binary category that have the same validity. For instance, what they call, we used to call it uh, hermaphroditism um, or uh, a, a hermaphrodite. 
Now it is called intersex. The, the, it's no longer allowed to refer to uh, a hermaphrodite as a hermaphrodite. It is now called intersex. Uh, and the debate around that is that you can call that a kind of gender binary because uh, this being possesses uh, both uh, organs, both sexual organs. Therefore, he's in a different category. There are other categories also they call, uh, uh, is it, is it uh, the, uh, within, the, within the LGBTQ uh, list? And um, I want to call it gender fluid. Yeah, there's another gender, gender fluid is that today I can be a man and tomorrow I can be a woman and next morning I can be a cat, tomorrow I can be this. In fact, I was so close, I didn't see it in my eyes, but I was told sometimes ago, we were passing through a farm, that there was someone in America who flew to England, who has been learning for the past two years how to trans, trans, that transition into a goat. So they'll be feeding him with glasses, <laughs> they'll be helping him. I mean, all the way from America, trying to, so they're giving him injection, doctors are looking after him to see how they can, uh, how he can move away from being uh, human to a goat. So I think, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know whether it worked. Well, <laughs> I don't know whether it worked. Uh, so, so there is uh, gender queer uh, and uh, you have gay, uh, you have bi, bisexuals and all those things. So, and the challenge is if these things are happening outside there, we could just say <laughs> they're not Christians. When uh, Sister Evelyn was teaching on Saturday, she talked about evangelical feminism. There are also evangelical uh, movements that within the evangelical movement, uh, there are movements that are sympathetic to LGBTQ that you must be, you must be aware of. Sometimes a preacher is making a good presentation of the scripture, but the, the, the underpinning of where he's good. So, sometimes when you listen to a sermon and it's too good, wait until the end. Because the, the, the devil is in the details. Hmm? When they begin to apply, mm -hmm, and begin to apply, and then you, you discover that through the back door, people are coming through. And this is not just our, the, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. The idea that God created them male and female. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. The second thing that the confession wants us to learn is that this man that God created was, is uh, uh, above every other creatures. And the confession uses the word that this man possesses reasonable and immortal soul. And that is a contradistinction to every other creatures. Either it's the, the, the big five or the, the whatever thing that whatever thing there is, human beings stand above all other creatures because they possess reasonable soul 
an immortal soul. The idea of reasonable is, what do you think is reasonable soul? Intelligible. That, that they, they can, well, if you move around, even though some scientists want us to understand evolution, even monkeys, they have failed to evolve to be able to build skyscrapers or to organize a city. I mean, I've seen some monk uh, gorilla colony before. The best you could see is maybe it, it looked like a village, like there's no building, but it seems like, yeah. So, uh, so they are still basic. So they, we, we stand over and above them and we have immortal soul. What that means is that other animals don't have immortal soul. They don't have immortal souls. So like when you kill a goat, that is it. There's no goat coming back. How do you call that thing? In India's incarnation, right? There's no incarnation for goats. Of course, there are some people that believe that this goat you are killing now might be Mr. Ada, two, 200 years ago. He did something bad and he has come back in the form of a goat. So hopefully, after goat, may come back as a, a poor person or a child of a king and all that stuff. This is uh, outside uh, biblical uh, category. Immortal soul idea, a reasonable soul belongs to human beings. And this is get at the heart of you know, there's, there's, there's sometimes this uh, animal rights thing can push things too far. It's sometimes it's, you, you feel so insulted. You are flying economy. Somebody is flying business class. And a dog is sitting on a whole seat. And then they are serving the dog, the hostess. The way they are serving you, asking what do you need. And, and also, there are some cats that are more valuable than some human beings in terms of money value. The insurance, the premium on some cats can steal through university up to master degree. You know, even in this city, some dog food per day can feed you in a week. We should be careful. Of course, it is our duty to take care of the earth as, as, as the zenith of God's creation. But it is also an error to elevate those things to the level of human beings and also to the level of God. You go to India, people worship cow. Oh, namaste. Namaste what? And then they will not even kill cow at all. I, I, I was <laughs> working with an Indian guy in Kaduna. We were just passing through. And they were slaughtering a cow for a birthday along the street. And we just came upon them. The guy fell sick for five days. In his mind, they are killing. Oh, this is a man. They are killing someone and all that stuff. So we should be careful how far we go with those things. The third thing we learn is the idea of image bearing. That uh, we have reasonable soul and we were created in the image and likeness of God. After, after the likeness of God in righteousness in holiness. A lot of ink has been wasted around this 
theology of image, of image behavior. I mean, <laughs> you can't read volumes upon volumes. What does it mean to have to be uh, an image of God? Uh, I mean, I don't want to bore you into this uh, story. That's not our business. And I think if you are going through some school, you, should, you understand that even though we are, I, idea of actually the, the meaning for image is actually the idea of image means replica. Okay? What the Confucian is teaching us is, is getting at the root of Greek mythology that kind of kind of devalue human beings. And within this within this uh, category are issues like uh, are we spirit, soul, and body? Are we tripartite or are we uh, are we uh, are we dual? Like are we soul, body and soul? I mean, if you if you bring that debate on now, we can be here till tomorrow. And then there are some passages you can read. I always say, may the Lord sanctify your your body, your spirit, and your soul, and all that in the New Testament. And of course, uh, one of the let me just give you quick is that we, we, we are body and soul. I mean, the the idea of man being three parts. It's not a biblical uh, idea. It's actually from a different uh, zone. Yes, we know that when we die, your body goes to where? To where? And when your soul goes to where? To God. What is your spirit? You see, it is easy to talk about three parts until you begin to talk about the three destinies of the three parts. Okay, because people say, okay, we, say we are God's image, and God is one with three, uh, in th uh, three persons. That is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the man is tripartite. That, uh, this is just belaboring the fact. What the confession and the Bible says about we being the image and likeness of God is that we, we, we are so unique above other creatures, and we exhibit some characteristics and some some some. Some, some, uh, yes, we have so the, the capacity to, to behave in a way that only God can, like our creativity, our, our rationality, our, uh, and all those things. That's how we like kind of resemble God. We are like God. We are in the image and likeness of God. We are very special. I mean, and the, 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 the framework of the confessions, we're not even looking at uh, all these debates. What they were trying to emphasize all through the century is that man is not useless. The body is not useless. We are not just, some people say, man is a spirit living in a body and possesses a soul. So the body is like, uh, like a container, like an unnecessary bondage. And if you are of uh, Eastern... Uh, uh, the Eastern mystics talk about how to escape this body. This body is like a prison. Yes, that's the word. The body, your body, you are, you are, your Felix is, if you really see, if you can see your Felix, how huge and tall and his all capacity, he has been compressed, compressed into this tiny, uh, maybe 5.6 foot, whatever, tall of a person. And your desire is to escape. So death is not even an escape from the body as well, as it were. 
So we, we are so special. We, we, we are image bearer. And the Greek, is it Greek word? That's Latin. Imago Dei. We are the only creatures that possesses the image of God. We are very, very special. Only God, only God, you can only imagine how Adam looked before the fall. That the guy could go down into the sea and talk to hippos and name them and sharks and whale and, and, and all those things. And they don't need boats. And he, 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 man before the fall was something else. And I don't want to imagine too far, but man before the fall, the idea of image bearing makes sense at that time. So when people now run their mouth now and say, we are girls, what, what can we really do now? Hmm? What can we, we can't even tell this puppy to move now. <laughs> even human beings that have two legs to make them fall down now, you have to like lay hands, receive. Let me fall. See how this man go. Let me rest. That kind of thing. Okay. What can we move now? What can we move now? So we bear, the, we are image bearer of God. That's, that's about the thought in the confession what is made. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, uh, verse 29. Anyone can read very quickly. Ecclesiastes 7. Verse 29. Yeah. Because he was made perfect, he was made upright. Uh, yeah, Genesis, Gen <coughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Verse 26. And over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. The, the fourth thing the, the scripture and the confession want us to learn tonight is the, the fact that God made this man and he put his laws in their heart. He wrote his law in their heart. And this is the idea you see in Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Uh, I was preaching in Lagos some years, and I talked about the idea of law. Do you think that the law came as a consequence of, uh, of sin? No. Even without sin, there was law. It's just that sin makes things harder our relationship to the law, or the law's relationship to us now takes a different color. But before the fall, there was law. God wrote his law, his moral law, the decalogue, the Ten Commandments, as, the, as we see in the Ten Commandments, was written in the heart of Adam and his wife. I've, uh, you can refer to Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Another thing that uh, we will learn also, that would be in paragraph three, is that God wrote this law in their heart, also give them a commandment, a physical commandment, say, thou shalt not touch 
this fruit in the garden. So there was a law in their hearts, and there was also a, a visual law that regulated their conduct. I said, okay, don't touch this. Even in their perfect state, there were laws. Laws to obey and enjoy God and have uninterrupted, unhindered communion with God and law to disobey and with inevitable, hard, and terrible consequences. Okay. This were already there before the fall. The, the, the sixth thing that, or the fifth thing we learn is about this idea of probation. That, uh, uh, and this is going to answer the question of uh, Sister Joy last week. That when God created Adam, he had the capacity to sin and also have the capacity not to sin. His state was not fixed. He was in a probationary, they were in a probationary period where their loyalty to God was tested in the fruit that is in the middle of the garden, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. That if Adam have refrained himself and his wife from touching that fruit, love and immortality and goodness perpetually. But if they fail, there are consequences. So they were in a probationary period. And that is uh, the situation in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. You can turn to it. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its, she took of its fruits and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. How many of you were in the school when we were told that Abraham, uh, Adam was in the farm, went to work, he didn't carry his wife along, so uh, Satan came, and then all the conversation they were having, Adam was far away, and then he, she ate and kept for Adam. And when Adam came, because the scripture said uh, his husband, her husband would, uh, but that's not the issue. Like they had the capacity. And the, 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 the Latin, the, this, this, this is just a technicality. The Latin word that uh, you need to put here as clever people is uh, posse pecare. Uh, posse, that's from the word we get possibility or ability pecare in Latin is uh, what, that is uh, seen, uh, uh, that it should be in, uh, this is uh, seen, I go to seen, that is to see, that is to see, that is not participle, that is, uh, I want to look at the construction because pecat, okay, post pecare, when Adam was created, he does have ability, was able to sin. That's why he sinned. If he was not able to sin, there's no way he could have sinned. He also simultaneously have posse non pecare. That is ability not to sin. Posse pecare, posse non pecare. That is the situation that Adam and Eve were before the fall. 
post four, fast forward now. What they lost, some of you that debate the issue of free will. That is at the, at the root of free will. When you say, woman, we have free will. Free will to do what? What we lost, what Adam and Eve lost in the garden was person non pecari. They lost that ability not to sin and retain the non posse non pecari. That is not able not to sin. It is, it is there's no single fruit of Adam that is, is not carrying this category in him or her, not able not to sin. And that is where we are at the moment. And after our glorification, we will return back to the beginning, but much more better than where Adam used to be. Adam was uh pecari and posted on pecari. When the Lord returns and will be glorified, we will not be able to have posted on uh, pecari in perpetuity. Amen. Amen. That's why we must long for the resurrection of the dead. We must long. This world will not get better. If, if the Lord fighting for the next one million years, each epoch and generation breeds its own vices, isn't it? At the point of 16th, 17th century, what was the vices? Left trade, oppression, uh, intertribal, <laughs> the Anglo-Saxon, uh, all those, all those, uh, the barbarians and the conquest and all that. Up to 200 years ago, your forefathers will be carrying stick around, fighting war between the mother Keke and the, and the small, small villages, eh? And, uh, and, and now that we are, we are having buildings now, other vices had come. Hmm? Now somebody else's phone has been stolen. If there was no phone, no phone would be stolen. And then as we mature, now people are living in skyscrapers. Eh? If there were no 120 feet building, there would be no 911. So the, the better we, okay, we have cars now, then auto accidents. When we should use our legs from here to Ife, and takes like a month or two to get to Ife, the only thing you worry about is lion and hyenas and, 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 and bandicoot. This world will never, never, never get better. What you call better is relative. What, what we call better 500 years ago, we will look back and laugh. In fact, this mobile phone we are holding, I remember when I got Trium. My first mobile phone was called Trium. You, you do your you talking and hang it here, here. Before then, the, the one that first came was called Turaya, a cellular phone. It's as big as, it's, as, it's so ugly. And that's what senators who big men. In fact, David Mark. David Mark was the Minister of Communication under, I think, General, General uh, I, uh, he said, mobile communication is not for the poor. The guy is still alive and some truck pusher eh, owns iPhone. And I'm not kidding. Some barrel pusher owns iPhone. 
and then you are here with uh, Itel. That's how it is. It's, you are waiting for sin. Sin is the disease of the soul. We can't just wait. It's not our desire is not to escape from this prison. Our desire is to escape from sin. Finally. Okay. And the other things we learn from this country, but these are the basic, these are the major things we need to do. One that we my, men are made male and female. Don't allow, even if you send your children to Europe, before they travel, put in their pocket. Men are male and female. Gender binary. Binary. That is the word. Write it on their word. Binary. To buy. Tell them. Tell them. And if they even come back with that discussion as Africa, don't like, tell them. It's mm -mm. There's not like queer or gender fluid, whatever. No, no. Today you are a mathematician. No, 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 no. Should not even play around that. I think Eliza yesterday or the other day. There are a lot of gay pastors who preaches excellently. They are exegesis. They, they are professors of theologists. They are gay. They are wrong. Wrong. So we've learned that tonight. Number two, you should learn about the immortality of your soul. God made us with immortal souls. There's nothing like annihilation. There's nothing like uh, we'll be in hell and then our, our cry will disturb heaven. God will just watch her. Say, okay, these guys are disturbing me. Uh, there's nothing like that. You should be, where you spend eternity should be a matter that you ought to be uh, concerned about. And, and, and I would talk about the idea that we are, about the Imago Dei, uh, that we are image bearer. And it's not just, a, it's not like a joke. You are really, I, I, I'm just careful not to call you gods. But to a large extent, apart from the error of the, the far left, the far, the far right, far left, far right, charismatic uh, badness that want to squeeze to make you think you are God. You are not. You are not. You are not. You are not. God forbid. Even in the second world, in the world to come, we will remain creatures. God alone is in the class of his own. We can never be God. But we substantially replicate the invisible God. It is so serious that when God will send his son to save us, he sent him in the frame and in your likeness. If you are that bad, God will not take your form. We have dignity. Even with our fall, do you know human beings can control elephants? Huh? Can domesticate elephants, domesticate anaconda. We, we have done a lot. Some cargo planes are bigger than uh, like, up to, like up to seven story. Cargo planes. And the, the thing will just fly like like feather. We've gone to the space. We've, we have done things. We've opened people's brain and done brain surgery. We are unique. Our problem is one sin. Sin distorts that image. 
sin destroy not just a minor distortion, it destroyed that image. That who we are today is a far cry to who we ought to be. But in the intervening period, this fallen nature was in need of redemption. That's the gospel. The gospel came and rescued some of us. And now, even though we are still not able to sin, we are still in that tension, but substantially, we have been redeemed. No, we have been redeemed completely. Except for the issue of indwelling sin, isn't it? And we have the Holy Spirit now indwelling us. That is massive. And now we are being made conformable to the image and likeness of Christ, who is the perfect man. And God is working this in our sanctification towards glory. That is massive. That you now, in this flesh, are being made, are being renewed in righteousness and holiness, and being made conformable to the image of Christ. That is not a joke. Being a Christian is honorable, is great, is grand. And you can put your hands in your pockets and walk with your head high with pride that you are God's child. And that sin shall have no dominion over you. That your sin have been nailed to the cross. And you now sit now with Christ in heavenly places as John heir with him in glory. And that's a great thing. But we should never forget, anytime we see it, even as Christians, what we are doing is that we are misrepresenting that image. We, are, we, we continue to insult that, to, ask, to assault that image on a continual basis, both for those who are non-Christians and Christian alike. And it's on that basis that God will judge us. Because whether you are Christian or not, the idea of image builder, I mean, I was, I was listening to uh, a, a, a commentator who said that because of God breath, breath into us and become a living soul, he has attached himself to us perpetually. That even when God withdrew from us physically in the fall, God remained with us. It's like his part is in us and we are, it's like we are, there's this movie called Merlin. And somehow this young Merlin uh, was sent to watch over King, uh, the young prince, uh, Arthur Pendragon. Arthur was not even aware. He may end up becoming the servant of uh, Arthur. And the more Arthur wants to discard Merlin, the more they could hear. And the more Merlin felt dissatisfied with the work of Arthur, the more he's drawn to save him. And Merlin troubled himself over time and who goes to the oracle to check, and the oracle will tell Merlin, your path and Arthur are perpetually intertwined. Because the future of Albion rests in his hand. If both sinners and saved alike bear image of God, and that's why we forbid killing 
See, you don't understand. There is one injunction that God gave and repeated it after the flood. Hmm? He said, if any man shed a man's blood by his blood, by, 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 sorry, if, if any man shed uh, another man's blood by hand, shall his own blood be shed because man was made in the image and likeness of God. That's why you don't kill. You don't. You don't take loss to your own hands. Anytime people run around and do extra judicial killing, they bring curse over the land. I'm not surprised that we are where we are today. I understand that anytime human blood are being shed, you are unleashing punishment. Anytime we misrepresent the image of God that we bear, we become like animal. We become less sin, make us less human. It is in righteousness and holiness that we really become human. Any question? Uh, one, two. One, two. No follow-up question. Brown, use the microphone. Um, in regards to um, the 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 body, soul, and spirit conversation, mm -hmm. how do we now reconcile our previous? Because this is the first time I'm understanding the fact that um, it's body and it is soul. Body and soul, yeah. Yes. How do we now reconcile our previous understanding of um, what do we what like what did we used to think is the spirit? Or what was usually referred to as the spirit, and how is that not um, um, reconcilable with what the scripture teaches? I don't know if I've been able well to. How do I know how you, what you used to think? <laughs> well, I, I, I get you. You might want to respond to him. Please pass. Uh, make sure you don't confuse. You don't confuse me. You might. I'm adding. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Uh, are you responding to the uh, to the question? No. Uh, I want to add to. Talk about the flesh. <laughs> okay, first. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you talked about the flesh as well, and you mentioned how um, Greek. You didn't use the word Greek, but I think it's from Greek philosophy. Yes, I use yeah. the word Greek mythology or philosophy. Yeah. Okay, so um, in Greek philosophy, the body is seen as a, as a bad thing, mm -hmm. which is what you mentioned as well. But in scripture, there are times when talking about sin, they use the flesh in a negative sense. So it's, the Bible also backs up the claim that the flesh in a negative sense mm -hmm. is bad and sinful. Okay. Or sin and the flesh have intertwined to the point where as long as we're still in the flesh, we'll still continue in sin. Okay. You're not actually, you are asking a different question. Yeah. Okay, so let me respond to Brown. Is anyone that wants to respond to Brown? Who understood his question? I want to respond to him. Actually, tonight, that's not our area of coverage, okay? But it's, it's a good thing you raise it. And I, as I mentioned earlier, inks have been spilled over this, either we are tripartite or whatever. It's just that people are not reading the scripture. The word spirit and soul were used interchangeably in the, in, the, in the Bible, all through the Bible, okay? 
So it's not a, for me. It's, it's, it's not a big thing. It's about spirit and soul. And and uh, it, even people don't understand. And and uh, I don't think I've taught Hebrew para parallelism. When one thing is said and then repeated in a different way, but they are saying the same thing just for the sake of emphasis and all that. That's those areas. Those things belong. But man is not like in three parts. Man is body and spirit or soul. So is it biblical to um, reach the conclusion that whenever the scripture is referring to the, for example, we, we know that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in, is in us. Mm -hmm. Now, and I think with, uh, with Brother Felix, we're discussing, you know, the issue of um, um, understanding, right, as regards to we praying, you know, but it does this understanding is unfruitful. Um, what I'm struggling with is, I, I, I agree with you that, I mean, those words are used interchangeably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I'm struggling with is, uh, is it always interchangeably? Because if it's always interchangeably, then this question will be irrelevant. That is, when we say that is a, is a, if it is the spirit of man, Mm -hmm. um, let, Brother Felix, I don't know if we can use that example. Leave Felix alone, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, leave Felix and Emma alone. Eh? Okay, for example, talk, talk Paul, says, Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 14, I can't remember the exact mm -hmm. verse, that um, when he prays in his spirit, please, my spirit his prays. mind is unfruitful. So, in that scenario, um, is the mind... What, what mind is he referring to? Is his mind his soul? I don't even know where your problem is. See, okay. we're talking about dichotomy or human nature, okay? And there are reasons why our forefathers are so particular about this issue. We don't have time to go into that tonight. Man is body and spirit. Now, what is not, uh, our body is this uh, matter, the one you can, the tangible part of us. Then the non-tangible part of us can encompass all those things you are mentioning now, those mind, whatever. But we are talking about one thing. Do you understand? That have some encompassment. So you don't need to bother yourself much. Because the route that this thing will lead you to, if we all this compartmentalization you are trying we, we used to think of will inevitably will lead you to some serious heresy and error. Yeah. You want to add? Okay. Yeah, I hope it's not GB asking. Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask the beauty and splendor of nature. Yeah. Was um, did the fall impact the beauty and splendor of nature? If yes, to what extent? It does. When we talk of, we used to we used to use the word total depravity, and I think it's also proud that we're going to use radical depravity, at least to give it. We, we don't really know to what extent, but to the extent that you know of your own evil, how much we have been impacted. That's how far you can go. If you are, if you are, if we are honest with ourselves, you know. How, I mean, people that are the doctrine of total depravity, and not they look, they are not looking at themselves at, uh, in the mirror. The kind of the things that cross through our mind, and what we have capacity to do. This afternoon, I was, I was driving and they were falling on the radio. And this lady is now 18, called on the radio that the stepfather 
attempted to abuse her at the age of nine. And at the age of nine, she stabbed the stepfather fatally. And then she ran away. In her mind, she thought the man died. The mom came back and made the man in the pool of his own blood, arranged the man to the hospital, and the man survived. But she left home for the past 10, 10 years or 11 years. And nobody knew where she had, she's in Abuja now. How a nine year old left for Taco to Abuja is something else. You don't understand what I mean? We, we have, we <laughs> what we can do, eh? Even sometimes Satan go say, ah, when I, uh, this, <laughs> Satan say, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, some of the jokes on the internet make sense. You know, some of these lines. Sit and say, ah, ah. Eh? Sit and say, ah, I'm letting you work for I'm letting you work. <laughs> yeah. Nature has been impacted. Yes. But still, nature is still good. We, we have been impacted. But we still insist the goodness in men. See, Melinda and Gates, they are not Christians. But they have done a lot. There is this, this leftover. Like zero 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 percent of one of those residue, those those embers. Is it ember? No, this like ashes. The warm ashes of our fallenness still exude the goodness of God. I mean, you go to the hospital, you see how non-Christian doctors behave. Most of your drivers, most of your Uber drivers are not Christians. The makers of cars, the makers of bridges are not Christians. But, but they, they, we can do good, actually. We are not as bad as we should have. And that doctrine is the doctrine of God's providence. He restrains sin in us. And without his restraining hand, we could have been worse and worse and worse. Now, even, God, even though God is not saving some people, he's still governing, he's still restraining them. That if God, should leave, if God is not restraining them, ah, will not be here today. So yeah, nature is still good, regardless of the impact that uh, have come upon it because of us. And we, we continue to destroy nature because of our sin, deforestation and all those things. What's the question online? Does Christ in his humanity have posse non pecare? If yes, how does that affect our understanding of the believer created and new in the image of the second Adam? Write that again. Does Christ in his humanity have pussy non pecare? Yes. If yes, how does that affect our understanding of the believer created and new in the image of the second Adam? I don't understand that question. Christ was the, the, I know what, but I have an idea what they're asking. Is that in, in the making, I'm using this word carefully, in the making of Christ, there was no male person involvement. Does Christ possess the original sin? What is the answer? No. And you can press it further. If Christ does not have the original sin, Christ is posse non pecare. If Christ is posse non pecare, the challenge to us is that all his temptations 
what was the value of his temptation if he was not able to sin, to yield to them? So were they real or they were makeshift? Or they were just like a stage-managed uh, temptations? So this, I, I, I'm sure that's where that guy is, is going. Because, because we, we, we cannot look at Christ as our conqueror. Having won, having, uh, where Adam fell, he, when Satan came to him, he, he overcame. And he overcame because he was person non precari. I mean, that is the way some people argue. But, uh, but the, other, the other part of the question, I don't understand what that person is saying. Let's not understand what he's saying. Yes. Oh, meaning believer now is person non precaria. Actually, I think First John have that even that language that the believer cannot sin. Because the seed of God abides in him. Have you seen that in First John? Yeah. So even the idea of person non precaria is there. A believer cannot sin. And the technical word for that is is it now and yet? Mm. Already, but not yet. So we are in that tension. We are in that tension, and uh, and we will get we'll potentially right now. We, we are there. We are in Christ. We are in union with Christ. Our union with Christ put us in that uh, fact that we are still in this body. We've not dropped this body yet. We've, this body has not been redeemed yet, but we have been redeemed completely. 100%, and we are, we are Christ. And when he appears, that's what the Bible says, them that he foreknew, he predestined. Them that he predestined, he called. Them that he called, he justified. And them that he justified, he glorified. We have been glorified now, but we shall be glorified. We have been saved now, but we shall be saved. And I've mentioned this over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So, and if you want to argue that, because there's some group, like, uh, Christ Ambassador actually believe that a believer cannot sin. Deeper life at its root believe in what they call sinless perfectionism. It's just that people that hold on to this thing are not looking at themselves in the mirror. If I am <laughs> person non pecari, I should know. Hmm. So. so, do believers have both the ability to sin and not to sin now? What do you think? I think I, I mentioned this before. A believer. Yes, to, please let me let me let me let me help you. Huh? These things are, are very delicate. They are very delicate. But what the confession teaches to me in the Bible, eh? Which one are you in doubt? I mean, I, I, I want to behave like uh, the guy that taught on the school last last. Uh, <laughs> let me behave like, I mean, I've done I've done I've done justice to 
the what I wanted you to learn tonight, eh? Where you are going now, eh? Will keep your, keep us here till eternity, okay? Uh, but 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 let me tell you not just what I think, and this, this is the sentiment of the scripture. Because we are born again, there is something substantially different between us and unbelievers. We are endured by the Holy Spirit. I can 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 risk saying that we are we we are like we are prosopicari and non prosopicari to an extent. To an extent. Because I'm factoring in now the presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer and our union with Christ. I'm factoring to it. But this is very careful how we look at this thing. But can the believer now resist sin? Power has been given to a believer to say no. Titus 2. The, 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 the grace of God has appeared, isn't it? Teaching us to say no to ungodliness. A believer has been empowered to resist temptation, to resist Satan, and to say no to worldly passions. And these are the admoni admonitions of the New Testament. We have actual ability to say no to sin. Therefore, testifying to the validity of our salvation. But if, it's, if our life is yes, yes to sin perpetually, it means we, have not yet, we are not yet being uh, saved. Our salvation is assured on the basis of our victories over sin. But Romans 7 is there to remind us that what we call indwelling sin. We continue to mortify sin. Because as Calvin put it, our heart is a factory of idols. As we finish one sin now, another sin just comes from nowhere because of our, the leftover, the residue of sin. And these are there to remind us we are still human. We still need Christ on a daily basis. We are not yet being glorified. Imagine what is your confusion before we go? Because we are doing like this. No, 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 no. We are just like this. You want to square me up here on this, on this ground? But that, is that fair enough? Is that fair enough? So you cannot, it's not something you just say, oh, I'm a believer now. I am posse non pecari. In two weeks, you'll, be, you'll come for counseling. <laughs> you, 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 if I was saying that you run through traffic and police arrest you, uh, then you know that you are, <laughs> you are non posse non pecari. So these are the things you should be careful about. But we should, we should, we should give more emphasis to this grace that has come upon us, the fact that we can say no to sin. And as we avail ourselves to the means of grace, reading the Bible, prayer, fellowship, giving, evangelism, fasting, all those means of grace, the communion table, we are energized. And grace and upon grace is given to us as we continue to be sanctified. You should never mix justification with sanctification. You should never mix positional sanctification with progressive sanctification. That is the error of many denominations. Okay. Tonight, that's what God wants us to learn. To learn that we are made in his image, male and female. If you are here, you are struggling with same-sex attraction, it is Satan that is worrying you. You need deliverance. And when I mean deliverance, I don't, I'm not saying let's go to the babish. You need deliverance from who? 
from Christ. Run to him. If you are struggling with, with being uh, uh, bisexuality, if you, are, if you are having this chaos in your mind, you, are, you, you think you are a female in man's body, or you are a man in a female body, you are becoming like effeminate, run to Christ. It is sin. And if you don't run to Christ, God will give you over and give you over because the consequences of sin is more sin. The punishment for sin is more sin. Run to Christ. Grace is available. Salvation is for you. And the Lord will have mercy upon your life. Friends, be proud and be happy that God has made you in his likeness. We are not, we are not pigs. We are not cats. We are not baboons. We did not evolve. Our Father, we thank you for tonight. Grant that more understanding be given to us and much more of it be given to us in coming days. We rest on the power of the Holy Spirit to illumine our hearts and we trust that more understanding be given to us uh, in coming years as we follow you step by step, day by day. Uh, bless our dinner and help us to enjoy the richness of your peace tonight. Let your joy fill in our hearts, even in the midst of our challenges. And let peace reign over this town, over this city, and over this country. Bless our leaders. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done. All praises belong to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, brothers and sisters. See you again Friday, 6 p.m. <laughs>